December 13th, 1998. Michael Keaton's Jack Frost came out this week. A family holiday film in which a father is killed in a horrible car accident and comes back to life as a repulsive snowman. Previously only known for singing I Got You Babe with Beavis and Butthead, Cher had the number one dance track with Believe. Look, if I can turn back time, gypsies, tramps, and thieves, half-breed, come on! I don't know half-breed. Come on! Norman Fell, TV's Mr. Roper, passed away, finally allowing Jack Tripper to live the openly heterosexual lifestyle he'd been denied for so long. Meanwhile, in Vancouver, British Columbia, the Rock and Mankind had their first clash for the WWF Championship at Rock Bottom in your house. Testicular fortitude, this is Hell in a Cell Phone. Welcome to another episode of Hell in a Cell Phone, the podcast where we attempt to make sense of the Attitude Era of WWE 20 years later. I'm Aaron Benoit, joined as always by our wrestling historian, Bobby Hankinson. Hello, hello, hello. And Eric Silver. Happy to be on the podcast with episodes as long as a a flash challenge on Ink Master. (laughs) They probably give them a little bit more time than, but you know, you can listen to two episodes while they take a bunch of uh, thumbtacks and (laughs) make, make, what is it, like a poison bottle in, uh, in a farm you need setting. to super glue all these jelly beans to a window candy i love candy oh candy's so good i'm gonna eat all this candy instead of making it what the fuck was that did you see the one this week where they had to hang buttons from a string oh, i haven't seen this one yet okay Not yet. Uh, but are will... they are they just doing like stuff that they would do at a nursing home <laughs> for, to like keep people busy <laughs> Bertoli pasta is all about keeping things al dente. <laughs> this week, you'll be taking these bow tie tricolor pastas. You'll be creating a, a piece that shows value. <laughs> and you'll be able to give it to your grandson on <laughs> Valentine's Day. They all have to make like frames for their pictures. <laughs> Everyone makes macaroni ties. <laughs> like, whoa. Acronyms are all about accuracy. I want you to spell out your name. And do and write all of the attributes of yourself. Cut to like Oliver Peck interview being like, man, I love pasta. And you're like, what? <laughs> man, I eat it all the time. It's big wet bread. <laughs> the, only, the only thing I love half as much as pasta is dressing up in blackface, apparently. God. Have you seen yes. those fucking pictures? I haven't I, seen I it. Don't need to. Yeah. <laughs> but with the blacks black? <laughs> He really punched it in. You know what I mean? Oh, go away, you fucking garbage bag! I can't. I can't wait to see if they address it at all on the on the finale. They better fucking get a woman on that goddamn panel. They better get Ryan Ashley on there. Laura Marie. I don't know who that is. Uh, Isn't she the one who won last year? Last season. Uh, that's not her name, but yes, she's awesome. Lauren. It's something with an L. Uh. God, she pops I, up on my Instagram. All I the follow time. her on Instagram because she's fucking Because she's hot. amazing. She's well, like, I love that Ryan Ashley, the one the gray hair, did all the black, the black and gray line work. And she's pregnant. Is she? Yeah. I, love, I also love Kelly Doty. She, she put Kelly Doty on there. She man. did. She, yeah, um, Laura Marie. I don't know that. I, I. She's the one who was like. Oh, she got her like the like the oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. California attitude or yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. She was like not. No, she's actually from like Rochester or something. She's very like. Not confident, but then like was coming up with amazing shit. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember. That. She, she did a lot of new she, school. She won last 
The last I know, one. but I, the, these these seasons wash over me. I know, like uh, same thing with Survivor and Big Brother. And I forget Drag about Race. them immediately after well, they're done. Yeah, well, they, well at least Drag, Drag Race, the personalities are more unique. Like Ig Bazzard, it's like yeah. the and also they keep bringing they bring everyone back over and over again and remix them, and right. it's like I, I don't know what season I'm I, watching anymore. I do not remember a single name of anyone who was on the circle, and I was obsessed with it for a week. Oh, there was uh, that guy, Shuby, the Italian guy, Joey. Chewy, that's it. Chewy, 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 yeah, Chewy. Okay, that's my Chewbacca. Oh, it's oh, so. Oh, by the way, can I can I give you some quick Norman Fell trivia? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Please. Yeah. Uh, Norman Fell and Don Knotts, both guys who uh, were getting in the way of Jack Tripper, were both in this in the movie. It's a mad, 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 mad world. Wow. Yeah, so they had the, the landlord connection right there. To be fair, isn't everyone in It's a Mad, 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 Mad World? Yeah, Like, it if really you were is. a star in the 60s, you were in that movie. It's kind of crazy. I started watching some of it. I fell asleep, but I think I will try to come <laughs> back to it. So when you said, uh, can I give a little extra trigger? I wanted, I, my first instinct was to say, it's your wife locked in the bedroom. But then I was like, I don't know if that'll translate on Mike the way I, that, I, that I, I want it to. I think that might imply something. By Thank the way, you as always, Talia, for letting the, us turn your home into the hell in a cell phone studio. By the way, Norman fell is his name and also how he died. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. It's not too soon. <laughs> we can speak ill of the dead now. R.I.P. Also this week, Star Trek Insurrection was the number one film. Uh, we all thought after First Contact, maybe the Next Generation movies would be good. Turns out, no. Busta Rhymes' Extinction Level event came out with, um, I think that was uh, Where My Eyes Can See was on that. Put your hand. Yeah, no. all of that, those videos were No, it crazy. wasn't that, that. That was the next one that that was on. I don't know. They weren't the ones where it was like like um, was it Wuha? Was it that they were no, done by was, like Spike Jones? It was post Wuha, pre Dangerous. Um, who did those videos? Michelle Gondry was it Spike Jones? I don't know. I don't think it was Spike Jones. It wasn't Hype Williams. Hi, maybe yeah, it was Hype Williams. Um, I once uh, I once did Molly and definitely like lived one of those videos where everything <laughs> was just like skipping frames i was like no nah, this is too much everything's in the fish islands yeah i was like yeah 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 it was, uh give me some more was the one, uh, on this one and the number one alternative track was never there by cake i love that album oh that's a pretty good album that does that also have so she's just, going you're yeah, going the I distance so. i thought that was the follow-up it might be, but I'm, I'm, I'm but one of people know. like you that was like, oh, I like that one song by every CD they ever made. Um, but yeah, so but, but that first uh, Fashion Nugget had um, had The Distance, had Frank Sinatra, and uh, Italian Leather Sofa. I really like that one, too. A lot of those are just like repeating the same phrases over and over and then having whatever that, that instrument is. <laughs> the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so we are here today to, at some point, talk about the rock bottom in your house pay per view. Nothing really of note outside of what we'll be talking about on the Raw. Um, the pre-show had a super weird Bop It segment. Do you remember the game Bop It? Sort Bop of. It. Pass it. it. Twist yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They have that in like uh, in Gilmore Girls too. Yes. Um, 
there it's Luke and Dean are over there, and in order to break the tension, they start to play Bop It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never seen a full episode of this show. I've seen every scene of this show because Natalie used to watch it incessantly. Also, Aaron's like, I've never seen a full episode of this show, yet I've seen everywhere a Bop It has popped up in all of pop culture. Yeah, <laughs> I actually I'm fan. just a big, yeah, I'm a big Bop It bop head. <laughs> bop head. Well, my fiance, as we all know, is famously um, a, a real sookie. That was just for you, Bobby, and Thank nobody you. who's listening yeah. to this podcast. No, there's Thank like you. maybe one other person who who gets that. So to start off this pay per view live from a planet Hollywood, live from a planet Hollywood the night in before, Vancouver, British Columbia, it it's was, Saturday night. It was definitely recorded from a from a like the night before. I'm like, oh, cool, a pre recorded segment <laughs> in a planet Hollywood, no in a less. Planet Hollywood, but on, I mean, like. When we talk about, wow, we love The Rock so much, we can watch The Rock do anything. And like this was like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like they were like, and truthfully, I was yeah. like, yeah, yeah. He was still yeah. okay. He was so, gr- I still enjoyed, I was like, yeah, I can watch him like yell at these dummies, like, I don't know why you're in the light. Like, just like, I love, I was like, I love it. I love him. I love him. I love his stupid shirt. I loved everything about mm-hmm. it. I loved how The Rock started with saying that he needs no introduction anywhere in the civilized world. Unfortunately for him, he's in a planet Hollywood in Vancouver, British Columbia. <laughs> So fucking good, man. There's the one guy who's standing up just to be told to sit down by the rock. Yeah, right? I'm like, oh, wow. They really uh, they really set that one up for him. We've, we've, we've gimmicked this man <laughs> so that you can, he can take this bump. We, we've removed his knee bone. <laughs> so weird. once he's had his head just right off. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. We've taken his spine away from him so that yeah. there's no way... They, he can stand up to the rock's furious insults. We've just stacked his skin. He, just he has so. no pride or reflexes. He'll just—he's gonna break real easily. They love him. They—it's—it's it's like a like Don Rickles. Like they just can't wait or to be Don roasted. Nuts. Don Rickles may have also been in "It's a Mad 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 World" <laughs> and was in "Hollow Man" with Kevin Bacon. Watching this again reminds me of the, just like what a fucking mark I was as a kid. <laughs> yeah. Like I hated The Rock because I was supposed to hate The Rock. I was like, fuck that guy. I hate him. And watching this adult, I'm like, whoa! I was such. Now a you're ruining the planet Hollywood for me, idiot. <laughs> I, really, I was going to have my birthday there <laughs> between that and the Rainforest Cafe. First of all, you think I wouldn't have loved to go to a planet Hollywood as a kid? I, it definitely is a place I was like, that looks so cool. Oh. Like, I want to. The celebrities like own it. Like, that's it's, a, that's I, an A lister place. How, yeah. Who can who can get a table there? <laughs> They've got the head from Predator Two. <laughs> but they're also. I think we're getting close to. I don't think this is a spoiler, but the WWF. Opens a restaurant in Times Square. No, you brought it up before. Okay, yeah, that's coming I'm up. I'm not spoiled. I lived in New York for a long time. <laughs> We're getting close to it. And they'll start doing a lot of, like, live remotes there. And they are, like, honestly, one of, like, the saddest things when I think about, like, ah, Giuliani ruined New York. It's like, I wish the fucking WWF restaurant was still in Times Square. I would go every fucking week at least. That with the new I would theaters. be there to watch every pay-per-view event. I would be like fuck you guys, fuck Bonnie's, fuck everything. I would be at the w- I would be in Times Square hooting and hollering with every simp in the world. I would be so fucking happy. It breaks my heart I never had the chance. Yeah, we uh we 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 decry the death of like Brooklyn Cool, but imagine if instead of Dave and Busters, a WWF restaurant was going in across from Barclays Center. Oh, why don't they do that? But also, I'm, I'm really excited that Dave & Buster's is coming there. I have never been to a Dave & Buster's, and I think I'm going to keep it that way. They're kind of fun. I, I mean, I, I do love games. Do you like drinking and games? 
I do like drinking. I love wings, as you know. Yeah. Um, and I, I do, I do enjoy games. But you know what? I hate children. No, I mean yes. He hates the player, not the but, game. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I hate the other kinds of people that would be at a Dave and Buster's. That's the player. <laughs> that they also like they will be contestants on some season of Love Island. So or Love Love is Blind or what, both, either one actually. Well, as we all know, Bobby, Bobby hates everyone who he doesn't record a podcast with. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's about right. And Tim. Yeah, and I mean, like Nathan. Uh, I mean, like I don't record. I, I have recorded a podcast with Natalie. Exactly. That's yeah. why I was okay, including that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, let's get to the other intro. The <laughs> intro, the second. Uh, more apocalyptic shit. Uh, neither wind nor rain nor fire shall deter him. I think the Undertaker is the postal service. <laughs> Look at this error. <laughs> yep. Yep, there we go. Undertaker is the post office is what I was just shown. Great minds. I mean, that it was like, that's the gimmiest of, of, of gimmies. Well, we all just saw that Undertaker will be taking you to such great heights. <laughs> Come down now. Well, uh, he's going to, uh, uh, what is it? He's going to be blocking the net in a <laughs> in the third, in the fourth quarter of a tie game rivalry or something. Bad sports metaphor. Anyway. Bad. Bad, bad, bad. And then it's brought to you by Glover. <laughs> Which, that's defi- that was definitely to get people to have safe sex, right? <laughs> you gotta love the glove. Right? Uh, Glover, out now on Nintendo 64. <laughs> what if it was Danny Glover? <laughs> Friends! Get to get, for this get shit. Get to old. <laughs> You're with Glover. He's five days away from retirement. He's got a daughter. Re- she doesn't understand how old he's gotten. I remember when I was on Super Nintendo. <laughs> Sixty-four bits. What do you what do you play? What are you pressing X for? Stop that. <laughs> Just sit there and watch. Eric, how far are we into this recording? Twenty minutes. Alright, at some point we'll get to a match. Don't worry, you guys. Okay. Um, so then we get into the scene. We get a close-up on the tombstone for the Buried Alive match later on that night. 3,000-pound headstone. Yep, it weighs more than a car. <laughs> that, that sounds appropriate. Yep. With the with the etched face of uh, the Undertaker and Stone Cold, who's just got his guff face on. They stole my, the design for my tombstone, and I'm very upset. Uh, usually, by the way, they don't etch a tombstone until like a year after you're buried. I don't think they usually want to etch the person who killed you onto it, too. It's <laughs> <laughs> seems like a weird touch. <laughs> I don't know. To me, it's kind of badass. Like, like, I, I want the person who takes me out on my tombstone I would like well. mine to be like uh, my face and then like, uh, like, a, like a spliff. Like that'll be it. Just to be like, he lived, he, he died as he lived. <laughs> You know what? This this uh, this podcast is just going to become all of our living will. And I would like the man who murdered me to be uh, his face to be on my tombstone. It's probably just going to be a picture of your colon if we're, <laughs> if we're following the uh, the actuarial tables. We all know I'm dying of heart disease. We all know it. First of all, we're all crazy that A, we'll be able to afford funerals, and two, that we're all not going to be swallowed by the sea in 10 years. I've already told Talia, I don't want to be buried. I want to be like, I want to be tree buried where like you're wrapped up in the, in the, in the, oh, I said, the gauze and like, yeah, yeah. they just like, you, they yeah, just yeah. plant you. I want that, I, that's, I want the same thing. Yeah, living I well. want, I want either that or I want to be put in a cardboard box and tossed out of a moving car into yeah, the I sea. Don't, I, like, but so can don't you care. imagine fighting in your grave? <laughs> <laughs> can you? I can't. 
We're not there yet, but boy, I'm imagining it. <laughs> well, we got a lot to get there. First, we got Val Venus, who comes out and says, like butter on a pancake, we both melt in the hot spot. That's not what pancakes are, are famous for. Is that, but, but, but wait, also not how penises work. <laughs> is it supposed to be sexy? <laughs> Does this penis melt? <laughs> where is the hot spot on a pancake? It's flat. <laughs> The heat doesn't gather in the center and then radiate after. I'm like the butter on a pancake. It's like also again, does his penis melt? Is that what he's saying? (laughs) What does it mean? It gets all liquidy. I just don't feel like it's not how pancakes or penises work. It's just whenever you say anything in that Valvinus voice, it's like I melt. I'm like a record on a turntable. We're all just going round and round. And it's like, yeah, that's... Wait a minute. I, I drop a pin. <laughs> Time is a flat circle. <laughs> Ladies. Terrible. I'm like a napkin on your lap. We're both gonna get you clean? No. <laughs> so, so Godfather then offers all of his... I, I'll, let's unpack a few things. Yeah. Okay. Why is the Godfather all of a sudden from New York City? I was like, I'm sorry, are we famous for our pimps and hoes now? Because he will not always be for... I don't think he's ever introduced from New York City in oh, other contexts. Oh, it said in the, in, in the entrance he was? He's famously introduced usually as the godfather from Vegas, which makes much more sense. Sure. But sure, here he's sure, introduced sure. from New York. I didn't get that. And also, look, guys, I know that sex work is work, but those hoes looked very tired, and I think they need a break. They looked very confused, very disoriented, and we have so many velour jumpsuits we're going to have to get through, and this was a... There was, like, one where I was like, like, she's attractive, and the other ones I was like, what's going on here? They had a rough... No, it's like, you guys, it is 7 o'clock on a Sunday. I don't know, man. They were running around Vancouver like, okay, who gets We need somebody here. What? I, I, know, I don't know which one, but one of the ladies in this segment is the Godfather's actual wife. Um, and I don't know where the other ladies come from. I bet it's the one who's the most attractive. At all. But they, it is, they were just like kind of like almost, like, um, you know the episode of The Simpsons where uh, they think Mr. Burns is an alien because he's like kind of like yeah. green. <laughs> yeah. That's the vibe I, I got from these peace. women. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? Godfather is wearing a vest that says, Hempin ain't easy. <laughs> Makes no sense. This is just like, I uh, think he's right. <laughs> Do you ever? <laughs> it's difficult to make a rope from this material. There's so much regulation around hemp. It's very hard. You can't Class pay. One you can't, you can't pay in credit. You this, have to like, hey, everything has to be in cash. This was like the Paul F. Tompkins bit about the guys who write, who wrote uh, "Go Ask Alice." bunch of bunch of guys who know nothing about weed culture. It's like, yeah, everybody's hempin', right? <laughs> Also, the name of this tag team they decided is Supply and Demand, and I'm like, this doesn't track. What? Oh, that was their name. Oh, no, I missed I, that. I missed that, but I, I like that. It's, at some point, it's told to us, I believe. So okay, so Valvinus is the supply. I, no, I don't know. No other way. Oh. Other way around. So I actually Valvinus demands. I actually am not sure. They're both aren't they both supplied? They're all sex workers. Yeah, they're all sex workers. Um. At this point, I need to to make the confession that during the late '90s, The Godfather was my favorite wrestler. Okay, like like by far. There's no shame in that game. Ah, uh, there's a little bit. It is a sex positive thing. I mean, uh, I agree. It, this it's is look, very. Look, look. It's, it's not. I don't know if it's sex positive. It's a lot more like. Uh, objectification. Yeah. And like, yeah. Hey, you get my hose. Like, cool, man. 
I don't know. Like, so, so at this point, you know, I'm shit. What is this? This is, I'm just about to turn 17. Okay. Um, I'm staying up late at night watching, uh, wrestling. No, watching, <laughs> uh, hookers on the point on hbo which is very very sad yeah the audio then, of a blowjob basically but then they had pimps up hose down on hbo yeah which went to the players ball and i was like these guys are was it the... ice tea there he probably was i think he showed yeah. up yeah oh yeah yes he definitely was i'm like these guys are the coolest and so oh, that is that is something you should admit to yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I accept your confession. Yeah, it does seem like the Godfather is a benevolent. Pimp. Sure, but he still has control over his his stable the, women. The and... problem is, it's capitalism. He's still exploding, well, <laughs> as you know. <laughs> That's if where they, my hackles get raised. Right. If he was, if he was protecting them and helping them, he was. If he, he was, was helping them unionize, unionize he yeah, was their yeah. union boss, splitting all, uh, redistributing the yeah. wealth from all of their. Right, like like this woman is sick right now. We all have to work a little bit harder to get to make sure that she can see the, the medical professional. Well, it's needs. not like the Godfather has health insurance. <laughs> <laughs> Raise all boats. Um, we're probably thirty minutes of this episode. We haven't even gotten to their opponents yet. No, we're Sorry, getting, guys. We're real slow. Why are we apologizing? I don't know. I'm we having we a have blast. to apologize to my wife. <laughs> Um, and, and before we get there, did anyone notice the sign that says Venus has no balls? But instead, it was it was the balls was spelled with instead of an A, there was a bomb. So it was Venus has no bowls. <laughs> this is the same crowd that has the know your roll sign up there with the O spelled as a penis. Oh, I thought it was going to be R-O-L-L. I did, I did see someone later in the show walk by with a banner that it said breasts. <laughs> just, it was a big yellow banner that he was walking in the crowd. It just said breasts. You and know what? Like, no, okay. one does, no one does better than Canada. <laughs> just, no one. All right. It's, honestly, I had a lot of fun watching the first five minutes of this pay-per-view. I thought, honestly, match. this was actually a good, like, the and wrestling. So, and so let's say match. Mark Henry and D'Lo Brown are their opponents. They're accompanied by uh, Terry and Jacqueline. Jacqueline also in a velour jumpsuit yeah of sorts terry does her own version of the d'lo head shake as she gets down there boy man terry was walking a real fine line in this this whole segment i was like she wanted to see the manager oh boy she really was yikes 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 and we finally get to hear mark henry referred to as sexual chocolate oh is that is that gonna be his thing oh it sure will yeah it's really good and you know how much i love jacqueline i i love jacqueline so uh I, Great. I also got to hear Valvinus talk about how he's got the Yuli log. The Yuli log. <laughs> if you've got the fireplace, well, I'm like, at least that goes in. Yes. Okay. I'm like, at least that's a, a, a Putting kind things of and things. Metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> things and things. It and goes things. inside of a thing. Yeah. I understand. But it, it, also probably, it also probably burns. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. If yeah. you've got the mortar, I got the pestle. <laughs> I'm just going to smash it into you a little bit. <laughs> that's a. Valvinus, you're like. I'm gonna make be a honest, fine. I'm gonna make have a. You had would sex? it be funny if Valvinus turns out is a virgin? <laughs> I'm gonna make a fine powder out of your eggs, <laughs> like a bag of sand, like your breasts. Um, yeah, fun match. Dilo looks great doing the sky high. All four of these guys, well, three and a half. Mark Henry's still pretty green, but he's getting better and better. But yeah, Dilo, Godfather, and Valvinus are all great. They're yeah. all like good wrestlers. This was fun. 
Why do they still, or they're still harping on D'Lo with the chest protector as though anyone cares what anyone is wearing during any of these matches? Yeah, this is new. I feel like the chest protector was really a weird thing that stood out for a while. I know we're so used well, to it. The there's a reason why it stood out for a while. They keep talking about it. Well, because, but it, like, we wouldn't think of it now because the shield had vests on for so long that we didn't think of it. But yeah. this is back in the day when everybody had like a fake cast they would use. Like, sure, sure. But like, like oh, okay. the Godfather, he's got that unfair advantage from that green vest that he's wearing. He can use that as a weapon at any point. <laughs> well, I've been more concerned about Val Venus's Yuli log. Well, we do get to see quite a bit of Val Venus. You want to go to the finish on this Oof. one? So uh, the hose uh terry and jackie start to kind of like mix it up then it brings over d'lo and the godfather to kind of get involved this distracts the referee while that's happening jackie sneaks to the ring pants his valvina so you can see his little thongy thong which wasn't there a wrestler recently who was who came out and was like guys wear a yeah. thong yeah was it joey ryan who said it actually Might no or roderick strong there was somebody you wouldn't expect uh, i, I want to say it wasn't I, would, I, I don't think it was joey ryan because i would have expected it, yeah, yeah, it was someone else. i want to say it was like it was an NXT guy, I almost yeah. want to say. But basically they were saying, like, your butt looks good. Work it. Yeah. yeah. Hey, boys. And it's like, yeah, please. Mm. Yeah, Val's butt. Ones. Looks Val's good. butt look great. But then Jackie fucking slaps him, but she slaps the fucking shit out of him. I, out, of, out of all the women in the WWE, I would want to be slapped by Jacqueline, I think, the least. Hmm? Well, I guess China. But I mean, but Jackie's up there, man. Yeah. She fucking wails him. The sound of her... I, I went back and listened to it, like, three times. I was like, shit, she fucking hit the shit out of him. Yeah. It was cool. Well, I don't know, Beth out. Phoenix just this week. Oh, that was a good one, too. Oh, man, Beth Phoenix rules. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, but, man, Jacqueline, Jacqueline's fucking great. But then it allows uh, Mark Henry to get the win and building him up some more. I was fine with everything that this happened so far. It, yeah, it was, this was a fun, fun opening, really fun opening match. And then we go to the Superstar line. Hooray! Yeah, I We're, thought Triple H and China had a pretty marginal promo. Sure. Oh, but I know for this all that that China looks beautiful. Okay, and uh, every, I love when Triple H makes a little joke and she has a little smile. And she has a little uh, about the insure, and then she has like a little cute laugh. I thought it was very like flirty and uh, beguiling. Yeah, good one, Trips, on that one there. No, I'm watching this. Natalie comes over and goes, "Oh, you better talk about their outfits." And I'm looking. I'm like, Triple H, China. It's like she pointed out Doc Hendricks' pants have like eight pleats on each side of them. I did not clock that. Wow. Missed it. I'm going to have to go back and look. <laughs> I'm sure you will. So then we go to, um, earlier in the night, the Mankind Sneak Attack, which also could be, uh, what did you call it last week? The the Battle of the Marriott ball, uh, Boardroom? The Marriott uh, Conference Room Brawl. Yeah. For, for a two. Um, and Mankind uh, hits him with the people's everything there. That was, I mean, it cannot be overstated how fucking brilliant McFoley is. No. What a genius. He makes, he elevates, every time he's on TV, he elevates every segment he's in. Right. Every single one without question. He is so legitimately, actually, literally smart. For the next, including this episode and three episodes after this, we're going to have to come up with brand new ways to say how much we love McFoley because there's going to be a lot of him coming up and all of it is good shit. All right. I, I accept that challenge. Bobby, we will hold you to this. You have to find a new way. <laughs> Fine. Or say the old way. I won't hold you to anything. It's okay. I won't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so next up, we had Headbangers versus the Oddities. Before we get there, though, they talk about the, the Rock, and they talk, the Rock says the corporate ribs are hurting. <laughs> and I, was, I just wrote, this is Pete Buttigieg's Medicare. <laughs> 
Uh, oh, yeah, and also it's important to say that, so because of the attack by mankind, the storyline of the night is that the Rock is not medically cleared to fight that night, but mankind has it in his contract. If the Rock does not compete, then he will forfeit the WWF championship, and mankind will become the champion. Oh, mankind's got a legal eagle. <laughs> um, I, have any of us clocked where Mosh pulls out his ears and does a weird monkey face? Yeah, he does, yeah, he does that all the time. Yeah, okay. that's like his whole thing. Um, okay, but it's headbangers versus oddities. So yeah. let's. Um, this was changed several times. This match originally. This was going to be Headbangers and ICP versus the Oddities, including Luna, was going to be in the match, uh-huh. intergender match. Then it was going to be uh, the, the ICP, they were done because ICP was pissed because they wanted the WWF to help promote more of their shit their and album. they wouldn't. And so they pieced out. And also the ICP sucked and they, they kind of like overpromised what they were capable of in the ring and they don't know what they're, they're dumb dumbs. Um, so the whole thing fell apart. So then this match was scheduled to be the Headbangers, Tiger Ali Singh, and his assistant, or his, his accompanist, Babu. Babu. However, Babu got extradited uh, for crimes, um, and then for for crimes? crimes committed in like Ecuador or Honduras or wherever he was actually from. I forget, it's one of the two. And then also didn't have a green card. So that so that he was just gone. So they were like, well, uh, so then it was just the Headbangers versus part of the oddities. Sure. So originally, though, Luna was going to be in the match as well. Luna and Silva would also be competing. Was the music for the Oddities entrance, was that non-ICP music, or was that actually their music? It seemed that's, like it was. That's what we talked about in the first episode. We talked about the Oddities. Yeah, it's post. This is, this no, is no, but it sounded is, like ICP. No. no. This, is, this is WWE Network, just like putting some like whistles and, and stuff in there. Oh, because it, it kind of like sounded, you know what? They got me. Close enough. <laughs> um... What's with and Kurgan does a weird like thrust thing where he like holds his hands together in front of him and then just kind of like is doing the time warp. I don't like when the oddities went from like um classic freaks to like uh like a weird like good time party boys. Um, no, when like it, it became less about them being like these like deformed monsters and more about them being like maybe not fit to um stand trial you know what i mean like not be you know i tried to think of a delicate way to say this because Uh like they're not being delicate with it at all and it's like oh this is not a fun gimmick all right because they talk about what's his face Golga having the mind of a 12 year old i was like okay then maybe we shouldn't be punching him you know what i mean like it it makes me a little uncomfortable that he's when he gets pinned when he gets pinned that's the seventh seal opening i was like (laughs) Like, is Golga actually... Hey, that was a really good reference, Eric. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. You know the movie The Seventh... Was Seventh Sign? Seventh Sign, yeah. Yeah, with Demi Moore, where, like, there's a there's a um, mentally... Um, what, what, uh, mentally... Uh, differently able. Differently able, man, mentally handicapped uh, boy who's who's on tri- who's on death row, and he's... When he, like, basically, when he gets um, killed, the... That's when hell will, that's like... When, that's that's when the... the, the uh, End of the end of days will oh, great. Know, happen. Yeah. See, I was worried that Golga was actually just Laura Linney's brother in Love Actually. Oh God, no, my love, no. <laughs> Don't remember that story. Don't Are you need kidding to watch that movie ever again. Oh my God, that, I mean, that's Love Actually is one of the worst movies of ever movie. made. I, I cannot believe. I will absolutely force you to watch it at the next box. No, 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 no. Um, I want to call this match the Warped Tour match because <laughs> it's ICP versus the Marilyn Manson. I suppose. I mean, this was bad. This was nothing. I, I don't understand why they gave Kurgan that hat. That's what I mean. Like, everything yeah. about this, I was like, yikes. I liked it better when they were, like, 
like carnival freaks and i was like oh that's a little at least that like yeah they had still some like agency and were fighting against like their predisposed now i'm like i don't know if this i don't think anyone should be punching him even the match ends and and uh i don't even remember who gets pinned but giant silva just shrugs on the outside <laughs> it's like well i guess that's, that's how the, this that's one goes <laughs> Uh, I do like um, Happy Luna though. Happy Luna's yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, she's mm, this not going to last much longer. The oddities are done after the next Royal Rumble. Oh well, you know, I was getting kind of used to uh, super fan South Park super fan Michael Cole <laughs> talking about Luna walking around outside the, outside the ring with Cartman. Cartman. <laughs> <laughs> he's never he, she's doing a cart man it was like very very bad <laughs> you guys, Cartman is definitely like one of the like the, the budget superheroes in Times Square <laughs> like he's like going around with a shape, like you want you want to take a picture you want to buy a pretzel guys Golga headlined SummerSlam years ago against Hulk Hogan Earthquake. And now he's doing that, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, okay. Golga versus Holga. <laughs> and now he's doing this bullshit. Yeah. It was just, oh, it, oh, sad. Yeah, the end of John Tenta's career is not a happy one. This was this was sad. I mean, like, this was a bummer. Uh-huh. I was more curious about what happened with Headbangers and that fan. That was that was real. That guy got thrown out. Oh, yeah, yeah that seemed like a real shoot. And like, that's when they went back and Mosh, like, throw up, get, get this guy out of here. Like, yeah. And he... Could you imagine getting, spending thousands of dollars or whatever on like, or you know, hundreds of dollars on ringside seats, and then leaving because you decided to shove headbanger mosh? Like, <laughs> like if you're gonna hit somebody, like hit the rock, you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. the most yeah, Vince man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you got you got thrown out, dude, for shoving headbanger mosh in the shoulder, <laughs> and then he fucking owned you. He spit in your face on camera, yeah. like de- like, like and they caught it perfectly him hocking loogie in your fucking dumb face and then they watched as he came back and demanded headbanger mosh not the world champion headbanger mosh demanded security of the arena throw him into the streets of vancouver it is beautiful like what a way to go i want to find out who that guy is so i can call and be like you fucking asshole and that's it. he's actually a fan of the show mike <laughs> be ashamed be ashamed so now, Bobby, we go to the WWF.com segment. Oh, okay. This is what this is why my notes are messed up. Okay. And Kevin Kelly tells us the internet has brought the world closer together, but Stone Cold and, and Undertaker are not together. What was? Yeah, it was. I have it as oh. the internet say oh. the, the internet they say has brought the world closer together. And I was like, wow. Flash forward a few years, I'll tell you that is not what they say about the internet <laughs> now. But certainly, no rivalry in the WWF has brought any two men closer together than Austin and the Undertaker. So many things are wrong with that sentence. Like almost every other word is incorrect. Like no, actually, every rivalry brings two men together. That's what a rivalry is. That right. now they now are you're together. Uh, also, that guy, that guy's hair and shirt. Who is that so guy? So that is Bruce Pritchard, who is a producer. In that Pritchard. was Bruce Pritchard? No, 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 no. Oh. <laughs> um, and host of the it's his brother, Tom Pritchard. Wow. Um, and he's known more, he's more of like a trainer guy in the back. And we've talked about him before. You, you compared him to, uh, Ink Master winner Steve Teft. Yes. Yeah, he looked worse. He, <laughs> he... He's he's going like full Clint Howard when we're talking about like 
brothers <laughs> compared to the the main the main sibling. Like it's just weird because like yeesh. I mean like I just he he just needs like not even a full like a half queer eye like just a half one. Yeah, because it's like it's, the choice is a queer he's wink. Making. <laughs> Just the old queer one eye, you know what I mean? It works on uh, Flash Morgan Webster. That's true. This guy though needs yeah. it, it's the little sunglasses, it's the mullet, it's uh, the shirt. It's like choose one thing. We get it, guys. You love Oasis. Yeah, it's uh, not. Yeah. Also, Stone Cold examines the grave. What the fuck does that mean? Like, what what do you need to examine in the grave? He's got to kick the dirt. He's got to make sure <laughs> right. it's six feet deep. So when they're standing in it, it's waist high. You know, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> Well, don't worry. Before the match, Undertaker's just going to dig some more like last week. Like, yeah. if anybody should examine the grave, it's Undertaker. This is his, he, his job. It's his wheelhouse. No, the wheelhouse is the funeral home. <laughs> That's where That's, you keep the wheelhouse. It's like a wheelhouse. <laughs> just wait until next week, the debut of the wheelhouser. <laughs> this is right in my forte. <laughs> no! Next, we got Owen Hart versus Steve Blackman. Ugh. Owen, you know, like we always we talk about how Owen is great. I'm not going to say it too many more times, but he's really, really good in this. He made a he made a match with Steve Blackman actually look good. Here's the thing: <laughs> what they should have done here is what they did with Vader that paper we discussed, where they should have reversed roles. Yeah, because Owen is being cheered to the high holy heavens here. Yeah, I know because he's in fucking Canada and because he's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Steve Blackman is a snooze. So they should have, but Steve Blackman isn't. So Capable of calling a match on the fly the way that Vader right. was. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, so they just can't. So it's just, it's just this whole thing kind of is like a wet fart. It, is, it, just, it just doesn't work. I love King on commentary thinking that Stu and Helen had 90 kids yeah. and Owen Hart is the only good one. That's, uh, you know what? That's a funny, it's a funny troll. I understand. No, it's a, I, I, I think it's just the King is a, like, oh, like King, real, like the King really said that as though he actually believes it. I don't think it was like a troll. I mean, it's but that's the whole point of heel announcer, yeah, right? Exactly. Jerry Lawler's um, like unrelenting feud with Stu and Helen Hart amuses me to no end. To no, yeah. I love every segment. I love, I love every comment he makes about it. I, I think for some reason it's so funny because I also think that he, he does break with that. Like even when because Owen is the heel here, and yet uh-huh. he's still ragging on the hearts. And I I love it. Yeah. Um, I thought Owen took a really, really good bump outside the ring when Blackman did the baseball slide into him, and Owen looked like he he basically like threw himself backwards. Thought that was really, really cool. I also thought the crowd made this match more than it was. Like oh, I definitely. enjoyed the, the match more because the crowd was anything Owen did. They flipped the shit out, screaming "U.S. sucks." The whole time. Why? Although oh. I, I thought it was a great move when uh, Steve Blackman put him into the sharpshooter. I think yeah. it's. Yeah. I yeah. think that's the best thing that Steve Blackman has ever done in his career. And, and probably Owen told him to. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Oh. A hundred percent. Why did Owen leave? What was that point of that? Just heel bullshit. And uh, but that that's was... a weird thing. To... Yeah. That's weird heel bullshit for this. Because yeah. Owen's not that. It's just yeah. That's, that's what I mean. It just didn't work. Yeah. So ends on a count out. Cool. Whatever. Vince is looking for Mankind backstage. Mankind's office. I love it. Hilarious. I love it so much. So funny. So he's got Mankind's office on a piece of paper taped to um, not a boiler room, but like a boiler closet. Yeah. It's almost like a boiler crawl space. Yeah. If if 
uh, Shawn Michaels' office is where they have the toilet for you to like put your head in. Mankind's office is underneath the toilet where, where the water heater is. To, to grab the head, <laughs> the head from from the bottom. Uh, and he says, "Hey, Dad, it's about time we talk." It's great. Everything makes everything comes to Big Foley's mouth. It's thirty is seconds perfect. long, and it's great. Then we've got the Job Squad versus the Brood. Um, Bob Holly has the most 1998 haircut imaginable. Well, get used to it because it's gonna transcend time. He's gonna have a royal. <laughs> um, but I think again, you know what Bob Holly's dressed like? Me in the summertime. He's got like short shorts. He's got like a very like he's got, like a crop tank top with very deep armholes. I was like, I'd, I literally wear that outfit. <laughs> uh, Scorpio's got the what do you call it when? When you, you cut the, the, the slits down in the shirt and, like, tie them off. Oh, my God. I don't know what you would call it, but it definitely looks like something that, um, like, uh, you would do as, like, a preteen girl at summer at summer day camp. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like an 18-year-old did it on her first trip to Bonnaroo. We're like, okay, guys, we're all wearing our T-shirts to the Great Adventure this weekend. So, <laughs> but I want to, like, let's make ours, like, stand out. Let's get it the night before. We're all going to beat them. And then we're going to, like, cut them up. We're going to, like, give a little tie. Um, I... You know what? In a, I'll give. I'm gonna give Jerry Lawler a rare compliment. Wow! I really enjoyed Lawler fucking around with the commentary about the Brood, where he's just like, "What? What? What are they? Gothic? Is it Gothic? Are they Gothic? That's is that, funny. Is that, That's and funny. They're like, it's like, oh, well, oh, it's the red liquid. What? What kind of liquid is it? Is yeah. it viscous? I thought yeah. it was viscous. What's the maybe? viscosity of it? Well, because I because this is you know Michael Cole's new to commentary filling in for Jr. And I'm sure that he is shitting a brick that he can't like you know all the man's crazy like nonsense remembering. Don't say vampire. Ah. Don't, yes, Gothic lifestyle. It's a red liquid. It's not blood. We're not crucifying. It's a symbol. And that's why like Michael Cole is like leaning into everything so much. Uh, I did. I also loved Isn't that. it great when I was told that they were gothic and that they also drink viscous liquid? Well, it was, ah. it was a hell of a lot better when he's like, they need to be called the I Need a Job Squad. Yes. Face palm. Yeah. Um, oh my God. Then they have the comment, the back and forth commentary about the Blue Meanie. Yeah. Oh, that shit. Have you seen sucked. the Blue Meanie at all? No. So he showed up on the pre show for the, on the pre show um, that Sunday Night Heat. Dwayne Gill fought Christian for no, no. On the pre-show, he fought Matt Hardy. Yes. Um, in the weeks before, Dwayne Gill fought Christian mm. and won the light heavyweight championship off of him. Okay. Um, through some shenanigans from the Blue Meanie, and that night, um, Dwayne Gill fought Matt Hardy, and Blue Meanie interfered and uh, and allowed him to retain. Blue Meanie is just a big fat guy with blue hair and like black around his eyes like the blue meanies from the Beatles yellow submarine sure oh oh is it from the Beatles yeah. are you familiar with the yeah. Beatles what did he say he was like I bet I bet you don't even know the Beatles like what, what did you know Paul McCartney had a had a band before Wings and I was like fucking how do I eject myself <laughs> off of this earth so I never have to hear this conversation but this again. is also he's an ECW guy and uh, obviously a lot of these Job Squad, Al Snow, and Scorpio, particularly ECW Roots. ECW was doing a thing. The Blue World Order was like their like take on NW, like mocking NWO, mm. um, and especially with Dwayne Gill, that's going to become a thing. And so there's just like a lot of, um, it's like a, kind of like an ECW crossover story a little bit with the Blue Meanie. Got it. Thought oh. Edge had a good splash. This was a fun match. All these guys. Are great wrestlers. Like he did, did Edge do the he did like the he did like a, a, leap, plancha. a leapfrog yeah. plancha yeah splash plancha whatever. it was like a corkscrew plancha it was it was cool yeah, yeah. there's no cool one spot. in this match that can't go yeah it was really fun and everyone was 
These are young. This is like young, hungry. Well, not all of them because I mean Scorpio, but this is a good match. I like these guys. This is Scorpio's last pay per view appearance. Uh, goodbye, <laughs> Scorpio. You had weird hair, a weird, <laughs> so, weird forehead. Yeah. We will have the the Funkettes uh, sing you off into the sunset. They, they all went over to the Godfather. <laughs> Then Vince is sitting on the floor backstage chatting with Mankind. Just just, just talking. Just yeah, rapping. Just checking back in. Uh, and then we go back for Jeff Jarrett versus Goldust. Oh, is this one of those, like, you know, we should have known better back then. This this whole thing, there was a lot going on. So, so yeah. I mean, like, first question is, I what is Deb? I didn't remember this watching the first time, but watching it get watching it back, it's like, what is Deborah's deal? Like, <laughs> what? Why? Why can't? Does she not have hair and makeup? Does she always? Does she drive to every arena in a convertible with the top down? Is is like, Deborah Steve Austin's wife? Eventually, eventually, yeah. Oh, eventually. Not at this point, she's not. I don't think. So at this he point, saw that he saw her and was like, I need. I mean, that. she is a she's she's beautiful. a beautiful woman. Her body is unreal, amazing. I'm pretty sure that she's a mermaid who made a deal with a sea witch. <laughs> is doing her hair with a fork yes uh, it's a thingamajig <laughs> thingamabob that makes the most sense it's so weird because like it's not because like hey I, look I'm a big fan of some like wild JBF hair you know what I mean but JBF uh, just been fucked oh. you know like uh, oh. I, I love a little I, I love a little like big JBF hair okay but if you're gonna come out in like a like a like I mean a blazer a blazer I mean like I mean I don't know I, Put some moose in there. It's the '90s, hon. I think she doesn't Blow want to let out. us know that she got fired from the accounting <laughs> like department. It looks like she just she looks like she fell asleep on her desk in HR. That's what it looks like. She's like, huh? I gotta go outside, and then that's it. Huh? Just pats it down with her hand. Nothing will beat our that's last our last uh, riff on on <laughs> She's got big Pam energy. <laughs> she just... How is her name Deborah? Your name is Pam. Ugh. Uh, first of all, okay, so the, 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 the idea of this is it's a strip tease match, uh-huh. you know, a totally normal thing. Uh-huh. And the, the stakes are Jeff Jarrett and Goldust are going to wrestle. And if Jeff Jarrett wins, Goldust strips. Because that if, is what Jeff Jarrett wants. Right. Secretly. <laughs> That's what everyone wants. And if Goldust wins, Deborah strips. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I guess everybody is on the side of one outcome in a very homophobic kind of thing going on. I don't even know if there's I didn't even get a, like I didn't get a homophobia. Off I it. think it's more of a titties kind of way. Yeah, but it, there was a I little mean, bit like, of like I, no one wants to see that from. Don't Gold get me wrong. Dust. I would rather see Deborah Strip. Yes, no one wants to see. No one wants to see. Like she is also a. I mean, like honestly, which when it when the ending come, like a beautiful. I like. I would rather see yeah. Deborah Strip than Goldust. Also. Also, I've seen Goldust in like a thong and a corset like three weeks Whoa. ago. I, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> the ball gag. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. King, King's like, have you ever seen a woman strip? I mean, jeez, King on this was like, I mean, I know this is like uh, obvious, but man. Hungry Wolf. I wanted to be able to mute his commentary. I want to, can we talk about something before we go back to the to the stripping and the, the awfulness of this? Sure. What are people's feelings on, okay, the wrestler is in some kind of stranglehold. You pick up the arm, you drop it once pick up the arm you drop it again you pick it up the third time and then yeah they fight like yeah. the, what are your feelings on that trope it's been i mean i'm so used to it from like the early days with hulk hogan right i mean early days i'm sure they were doing it before that but 
Back when Brett was only the bear. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible Ted. The, the Terrible Ted had a paw that would, like, yeah, drop. Of course. The paw. <laughs> I just can't tell if I love it or I hate it. I, like, I, I accept it as, like, part of this yeah. world. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's part of the... It's 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 a thing you do. Yeah. Here's the thing. I mean, I it's... there. I mean, I mean for the marks, it, it really... It's got this, like, real um, comeback heart thing to it, but... None of it makes any sense. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, like, you're, like only the getting, whole, the whole you're only only getting gets more stronger. <laughs> right. You're like, oh, I found this reserve of energy. No, man, the reserve of energy is for the first time. Okay, okay. If I don't use any energy on the first two arm drops, then I'll be able to fight back. Right. It's a little bit like the like the I've been I'm being pinned and on the second and a half yeah. I kick yeah, out. Yeah. I don't think it's I don't know I don't consider it more ridiculous than literally anything else if you think about the physics behind any power bomb any move like everything nothing makes sense if you right. really think about it so i get it as like it, you're it, right nothing does make sense that's it guys <laughs> end of the podcast <laughs> all right that's the last episode of hell on the cell phone you guys know uh but this i, I feel like it's a i look at it more of a storytelling tool like this means it's the baby face comeback like yeah. that's what it's indicating sure. to me yeah. it's not actually um literally what's happening to him physically but more like okay this is the match where he's going to summon the strength and start to overcome the adversity it's also, I mean, to, just to talk about... Also means a rest hold is over and everyone's excited that we're like, yeah. oh, we're done, we're done with the rest hold? Thank God. Now we're going to go back to the action. Sorry, go on. Just to talk about these stakes, I really, I couldn't tell if these were like brilliant or stupid stakes. Because like the whole thing of it was like, like if you, if no one ever liked Goldust, well, God damn it, we're going to really do everything we can because... He's going against Jeff Jarrett, who's like a world-class heel at this point. And also, uh, the stakes if Goldust loses are nowhere near as good as the stakes if Goldust wins. Mm -hmm. It was just like, they're like, well, uh, uh, if Goldust wins, we won't kill this puppy. (laughs) Yeah. If Goldust wins, everybody gets a Nintendo Switch. Hey, it (laughs) was cheap heat, but it was good. Certainly without that cheap heat, this match would be insufferable. Well, let's go kind of towards the end here. So uh, the ref spends a long time giving Deborah a talking to. While um, then the, the ref is distracted, then Goldust is able to kick Jeff Jarrett in the balls, right? Mm-hmm. And then Deborah grabs the guitar while the ref is distracted again and takes like 20 minutes lining it's up. It's like she's trying to hoist the guitar. Like, this is <laughs> way too top heavy. <laughs> Her wrists are very weak. Um, and then hits, and so the, so then Jarrett gets the pin, the, uh, so the idea now is that Goldust has to strip. Until. Until. Deus Ex Heartbreaker. <laughs> and, Eric, did you realize that Shawn Michaels is the commissioner at this point? Yeah, sort of. I, I've been catching it from things. Okay. Um, yeah. Shawn Michael is the commissioner, but he is a heel commissioner. He yeah. is, has been, um putting things that piling against Degeneration X, which makes sense. You know, they, they ran him off afterwards um, and has been, while billed as an independent thinker, has been completely in lockstep with everything Vince McMahon wants. Um, he comes out and he says, uh, great job, Jeff. You know, let's, uh, let's go back and hit the showers. And then he reverses the decision which, if the commissioner can just reverse a decision based on video evidence, 
why aren't they doing that every time? I bought, I bought this hook, line, and sinker. Like, I know it. I know it defied a lot of logic and reason, and even like alignment and all that stuff. But of course, Shawn Michaels would be the one yeah. to be like, "Oh no, 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 yeah. we're getting titties." <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, 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 that, no. It, it made total uh, sense to me. It was like, "Oh, yeah, no, like this yes. is Shawn Michaels' world. We all just live in it right now." Um, even though I'm a heel, I'm not dead. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and so I really liked it. And I thought, I, I thought Shawn Michaels was. I mean, this was fine. I was like, "Oh." Now I remember why you were so good because you are so charismatic. And like this was him being, I thought, yeah. very enjoyable and charismatic. So Deborah is all gnaw at first, but as soon as she starts, it turns out that she's got a flair for the spotlight. That's also a porn. Uh... <laughs> Reluctant a, stripper. Right, yeah, like, oh, I hate this. Well, actually. Uh, it uh, was, uh, and she looks amazing. I mean, she looks. She looks incredible, yeah. Amazing. Her body yes. looks amazing that's, that's um good. and i do think there is pay there is going to be payoff for this like this is going to be a story that develops i didn't i didn't get any payoff because the the blue blazer <laughs> came through yeah so she gets down to her bra and panties which i think was actually i'm like yeah. if, if they had just advertised that if goldus wins she'd get down her bra and panties people would still be really happy yeah, yeah. you know what i mean so like, they actually delivered pretty good i think it's kind of funny that uh that deborah uh, exchange one blue blazer for another. <laughs> <laughs> but the blue blazer comes out before she take her um, full top off, throws the cape over her. She drops the bra, and the blade and like her, the cape is the cape off. is like uh, like wrapped around her neck. Yeah, so it's, like, you can still see her bare back. I'm like honestly, they 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 gave they were pretty generous. I thought, and like I think uh, overall the you know the storyline is that like you know boo, we still didn't get what we wanted, but. Show us your feet. Yeah. <laughs> Eric, the Deborah Wikifeet page is just going to have to wait. Uh. It's just going to have to wait. But what doesn't have to wait? Ugh. The Attitude Era Cologne. <laughs> Woman. Whoa, man. I loved every single second of it. And I think we should put the audio of the full commercial in. Attitude. You take a handful of pain and a touch of disdain, then throw in some taker and cane. Do you smell what the rock is wearing as the man with no sense of smell? WWF cologne for men and eau de toilette for women. It's 100% pure attitude in a bottle. To order, call 815-734-1161. Visit the WWF website or send $19.99 plus shipping and handling to the address on your screen. I smell what you're wearing, daddy-o. No, no, I didn't make any notes about it. I just said it. I I literally was just, I I could not take my eyes away from the screen long enough. Yeah, yeah. At the end, actually, Vince McMahon, he's like, ah, no notes. Yeah. Put it out there. Yep. Did 17-year-old uh, Aaron have the clone or want the clone? Neither. Wow. I feel like, um, who who owns the rock cologne? I don't know. But I, What do you guys think it smells like? <laughs> what the sweat. rock is cooking? It smells like absolute sweat. But the woman, like, could you imagine giving your... <laughs> it's Valentine's Day. Yeah, like, who, who is this for? Like... 
the person who would appreciate a WWF branded cologne or perfume and the person who wears cologne or perfume, like there is no overlap in that Venn <laughs> diagram whatsoever. Those are just two fully disconnected circles. Also, the last thing you want from WWE at all is the sense of smell. I know. That's the one thing that's missing that we're all okay with. Honest to God, I never would be like, oh yeah, I want to know what that. I, I want to smell like what I, nope, not a single, nope. <laughs> like they're not doing fan sense, that's for fucking sure. <laughs> Look, you and smell like the slop bucket. Right? I have smelled someone else's jockstrap uh, by choice, and I would not want this cologne. <laughs> and even I draw the line at this cologne. Yeah, this, like, well, I mean, we've all kind of like had hands down there and just kind of smelled them, right? I've I've touched my dick when I pee, so yes. You've never you touched just, your balls, just been like, what's going on down there? Just kind of like, yeah. Oh. Usually, it's sweaty, and I hate it. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a terrible smell. Yeah, but... yeah. You, you're not. You're, you're never surprised. I feel like the WWE scent is the scent of people who have glands and don't realize it. <laughs> it's like people who like who are still having like like night emissions, and they're like, oh. I oh, would say mom. it was like a proto Axe body spray a little bit, but um, but I think it would smell like um older people's drugstore cologne perfume. You know what I mean? Like, oh, so yeah. it would have like a tinge more, um. Fake fancy to it. We just uh, smells like Brockus. When I was a kid, my my brother used to buy not Drek Car Noir, but like New York Nights, which was I think the the uh, fake version of Drek Car Noir. And I would like once like you know for special times I'd like put it on. Oh yeah, I had like, like a bottle of CK One or whatever, or oh, like I, I think that. maybe there, Stetson. There was also the, there was the one that was like a man a man a male torso. That I remember other people had. It was like a blue bottle that was just like a headless, armless torso. It was like Gautier or something. I know, my dad used to have a Givenchy one that was like very eighties looking. Uh, um, I was and then, really by the time I got to high school, I would, I would wear Abercrombie Fierce. Like, like it was. I would. I would bathe in it every morning. My dad. Had it still the, smells really good. Honestly, my, my dad had. My dad's cologne was old English leather. <laughs> that, was, that was what it was called. I was like, oh, okay. I also wore Axe body spray into my 30s wow. like while we were friends maybe even yeah i think so i think so i think i, think so. I, do, I do recall oh, I, I think i, I think so yeah, yeah i think i recall like hanging out with you and being like okay a choice <laughs> just like a little bit under the armpits phoenix by axe i used it for a little bit in my 20s who uh who are the guys in the commercial that's Adam and George or whatever who tried to get tickets to the Royal Rumble Alamo Dome thing and didn't get in. No, just like, it's another at a coffee shop. Yeah, I, I, I was trying to like Google and figure out like what is their deal, but they're just these like two dumb dumb personalities. I, 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 I really was trying to Google and figure this out, but that's who they are though. The Correct. same, the same one, the the ones in the same. Cool. I'm sure they're like uh, shock jock DJs and fucking like Seattle 104.7 <laughs> or whatever. You know what I mean? But I don't care. Okay. Uh, New Age Outlaws versus the Corporation for the tag team belts. Speaking of things I don't care about, <laughs> this match was ass. <laughs> I have nothing. Too long. So long. Way too long. I did like Billy Gunn's gear here. I liked with the black. Oh, the boot, black. The yeah, black yeah, yeah. With the what was it? Purple and green. Um, like on teal. It? Yeah, teal and pink. Yeah. It was, yeah. I mean, it was a very '90s color scheme, color theory. Um. But he usually wears white uh, white boots, um, and this was black boots, and it kind of gave it a different little bit of a, an edge. I liked it. Um, um, I they... I think that Billy Gunn, when he's like riled up in the beginning, starts to sound a lot like Will Ferrell. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Yep, one hundred percent. Yep. I got two things 
Thanks for you. <laughs> it's good. It's the Catalina fucking wine mixer. Boss man gives the ref the finger. So we're all doing attitude now. Um, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Can nope. we move I, on? I literally outlaws. Um, New Age Outlaws win. The end. Great. So Done. boring. So bad. Um, and then what, after the match, Shawn Michaels starts like taking off his clothes. What? Oh yeah, oh, he yeah, took he, off his he shirt. He took off his tie and he's like starting to unbutton. It's like he having old memories from when he was a stripper and well, like, like he was like, gonna fight back. the outlaws. He was uh, mad that they won. All right. Uh, I didn't want the WWF cologne. I did want the WWF attitude bandana. Could you imagine sending a bill? <laughs> Like, something that you, you literally use to get, like, an ID for things. Like, oh, just send us your bill. Like, put it, just put your account number right on there. Like, what the fuck? Write your mother's maiden name on it. <laughs> oh, there was one part of that match I liked, which was, like, uh, Road Dog was being held down by the ropes, and Shawn Michaels went over and just, like, kissed him really gingerly on the forehead. I thought that was really funny to me. <laughs> I missed it. I'll be honest. I spaced that out was, a lot was, in It was, this like, match. the only thing I think I caught it by accident. Um, so don't feel bad. But that was a, that, I thought that was a funny little touch. Are we ready? Yes. Oh, man. Mm. All the excitement of contract amendments. So Mankind is comes down to the ring. Um, uh, Mankind's theme has a new remix to it. Um, Vince points out a hole in Mankind's knee. That was weird. That but, was but, weird. But the whole point is, is that Mankind has said that he is willing to change the contract as long as uh, they're all there for it, he wants to have witnesses for it when when it happens, and it happens. Thirty thousand witnesses. Yeah. Um. This is one of the first times we hear testicular fortitude. I think so. I think the first time that yeah. we hear it. And of course, it's Mick Foley. Um. I thought Mankind's music was a little like the new music was weird. Yeah, yeah I didn't, it's got, got a, kind of like a dance beat yeah. to it. It's like everything just is getting like remixed by uh, the Dust Brothers or something. But we get mankind in uh, in like a, a dominant role here, where because he has all the cards and he's gonna make Vince get on his knees, and eventually he just pushes so hard that the Rock just snaps and starts fighting. That's that's how this starts, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. This is a great match. It's super fun. Yeah. I mean, the big moment of this that jumps out at me, my favorite part, is when The Rock jumps on commentary to talk shit while they're in the match. Uh, I thought that was really... That's, like, my favorite part of this whole match, I think. And the best part then is then Mick attacks him while he's still got the headset on, and he's, like, selling into the... I mean, like, beautiful. He, beautiful touch. The Rock is calling his own match, which maybe we should it's just always have him do. Amazing. The King goes for the high five, and he's he's like, no, I'm not going to give you a high five. Yeah. Yeah, no. Everybody... Oh. The the chemistry between these two guys is undeniable. Um, but the chemistry, okay, is the chemistry between these guys, or is it the fact that Mick Foley works with every, brings out the best in everyone? Undertaker, Austin, the match you have with Shawn Michaels, matches with Triple H, everything he does is so fucking good. Everything he does is so good. Well, no, but um, and me, of course, yes, he has he has great chemistry with The Rock. I'm just saying, but, but he has great but, chemistry but, with but, 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 but remember, um, Mankind and Shamrock. I just think that you look at some of the biggest stars of the time, the one thing they have all in common is Mick Foley. The Rock is clearly like a famed monster who's gobbling his way towards dominating the entire world. 
Did he get there quicker because of, of his, his chemistry with Mick Foley? I 100% think I, so. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's something special with these two guys here and, and the, the difference between the two characters. And it does, like, you know, we talk a lot, like, you know, I've said before, I wasn't a big Austin fan while this was happening. I didn't appreciate The Rock while it was happening, but I fucking loved Mick Foley as, like, as a mark, like, as, yeah. as I was watching this live. Loved it. Got in almost a friendship-ending fight with my best friend at the time, Dan Moreno, um, because he, I was, like, talking about, because he was not into wrestling, and I was very into wrestling, and he thought it was stupid, and I was talking about Mick Foley, and he's like, and I'm like, I have a lot of respect for him. He's like, respect? He's a fucking wrestler. You have respect? And I was like, no, I have actual respect. And I was like, it was like an, almost like a friendship ending fight. Like left, I was like, I'm going home. Like I was like, mad. I was so angry <laughs> about it. I'm like, he paid his dues, man. He fucking works his ass off. I yeah, mean, no, I mean, um, it was a, it was a, it was a great match. Like mankind, oh my god, he got tossed from the middle rope onto that, the ground. That the way bad. he bounced off that cement floor. When because yeah. when you think about it. It would be the equivalent of a superplex to the outside, which is a big fucking bump. Uh-huh. But he really sold the like. Yeah. A, it's I mean, like it definitely sucks and hurts a lot. And this is why Mick Foley is like a uh, hunched over, like um, barely, like like his hips are made out of like uh, sand at this point. Yeah. But the way he bounced off, it looked sincerely so scary. Um, and I was I I thought that mankind was going to be the champ. I got worked. Yeah. Uh, and okay, are we ready for the end? Uh, yeah, because things start going crazy near the end. First of all, uh, seeing mankind be menacing is a, a new turn in that character. I mean, like he used to be that before, but this is a very a new turn in this character. In this character, yeah, because this is like like the the fun, like I'm just looking for for love. Yeah. I'm just looking for acceptance. One. And if when I don't get it, like like the idea of now when I don't get my way, oh shit! Yeah, like somebody hits him with a chair and he turns and gives that look, like the you know, like the the Quasimodo type of look is dope. Uh, and then just like attacking everybody, giving the ref a pile driver, attacking the timekeeper so that the bell can't be rung. Yeah, um, and also, and then of course he. Puts on Mr. Sacco and just goes goes straight down everybody's throat. I wrote down, this is how coronavirus spread. <laughs> uh, it's definitely Mr. Sacco just in everyone's mouth. I also thought this would have been a great ending to the pay-per-view. <laughs> I think this this had such a end-of-a-pay-per-view feel to this match. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Have another yeah, yeah. And then we'll get to that other match in just a second. But yeah, so in the end there, um, uh, Mankind uses Mr. Sacco, Rock passes out, bell, bell rings, end of the match, Mankind thinks that he's the champion, but Vince says that in the contract, he need, that, um, that the Rock needs to either pin or be pinned or submit, and so it doesn't count, Rock is still the champion, everyone gets Sacco'd. Uh, Vince gets Sacco'd, Shane gets Sacco'd, the Stooges get Sacco'd, it's... It's a lot of fun. It, it worked the audience like crazy, and yeah. I, I I think you're right. I, I think that had this ended here, this would have been a much more a much more satisfying conclusion to this yeah. pay per view. I mean, it, it's it's all for legit. It's a logistical thing because the last match there's just it just has to be Austin. 
No, no, no. Uh, because of like literally the mechanics of the dirt and the uh, doing and the move, like it's mess. It's literally messy and like I'm sure however it works to get them in and out of the grave and whatever. Like they have to do that. That literally yeah. has to be the last match of the show because they need to turn off the cameras and clean shit up. Right. It'd be too messy and gross to like try to do a match after that. They need to put on Jackson Brown and take the chairs out. <laughs> Stay just a little bit. Yeah. But is that this is where uh, Michael Cole yells out uh, the biggest double cross in WWF history, and I was like, that is the worst call of the decade. <laughs> like that, that's not the not worst. Even the biggest of the night of the night. That's like the biggest the, one this uh, month. It was like a very weird, and I was like, uh, it didn't feel intentional enough to be like, uh, uh, purposely like a callback to the screw job. It just seemed like blatantly tone deaf and stupid. It didn't seem like on purpose. But when I think about the when I think about the best matches that we've watched, I feel like this one here, even above the Dude Love Austin ones, I had a lot more fun in this one. I enjoyed the moments. I uh, this one had me. I don't know. I, there was too much screwy bullshit with it. I think we're gonna get we're gonna see better matches out of them. We are one hundred percent going to. It was fun, but it was fun. It, but agree. like also this whole you know a lot of this pay per view just kind of left a weird taste in my mouth. So I, I was like, oh okay, this is going nice and like there's some fun stuff in it. But you know, but this felt like, it felt like a TV match. Yeah, a really good one. But all right, well let's get to the last match. We've got Austin versus the Undertaker in a buried alive match. No, and it happened, and then we don't have to talk about it anymore. Keep the, I mean, this match is bad. Yeah. But let's keep in mind, Undertaker has had a broken ankle since June, uh-huh. and he's still working. Um, Austin has some sort of like uh, stomach virus of some kind. He has like not eaten, so he's like all fucked up. And with like early in this match, he tears either an abdominal muscle or a pectoral muscle. Austin does. Yeah. So the it's a perfect storm of utter shit. Um, so he is in excruciating pain for this yeah. uh, match. And Undertaker is too. And they're both working super hurt. And they do a pretty good job covering it. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Like they do a really good job covering yeah. for that. It's a brawl. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a, as JR would say, bowling shoe ugly kind of match. Sure, sure. Um, and, and, and it starts off with, with all the intensity in the world. It doesn't need to be this long. Oh, I think so is, is what it, what it comes down to. And it was only like twenty minutes, but man, it felt. And the crowd, long everybody wanted minutes. it to end. And like the first time he dumps him in, and he dumps like the wheelbarrow of dirt. I think everybody thought it was over. Uh-huh. Everyone was like, "Yay, it's over!" <laughs> yeah. And then, and then they're like, "Oh no, you got like another ten minutes of this match." Oh, it took him forever to get that oh, fucking my. backhoe. And then Kane, and it's like, oh. My and goodness. also, the guy working the backhoe did not know how to work a backhoe. I know. Everything was just like clunky and ugh. And it was just like. Like you, rem- I, and I, I was, I was thinking about the first buried alive match that we saw, which was, you know, a little bit messy, but also like much better. Yeah, 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 definitely. Like, and get honestly, some choppers with the shovels. And as I'm thinking back, everything up to Austin, um, underneath when when uh, Undertaker like threw the barricade at him was was really good. Really like the kind of brutality and the intensity. Then there was just too much time, like around the ring post, too many rest holds for something that should just be like hit him in the head with a fucking shovel. Though I liked that at one point Undertaker kicked him in the head out in the outside of the ring, like closer to the ring by like the announce table. I just remember caught caught that being like, ah oh, man, he really kicked him in the head. I, I was wondering because I was trying yeah. to see if 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 he was trying because you know usually when you do like a big boot, you're hitting them like in the collarbone shoulder area. So I wondered if that was like part of the in- like that Austin was like don't fucking hit me there because I just tore my pectoral muscle or whatever <laughs> in the head like, it's, it's much it's yeah, much safer honestly kicking yeah. me in the head because it's better 
Um, that felt like a pretty hard spot, but um, yeah, just what a slog. This was not. This is not a match that's looked back upon fondly. No, it, it was. It was boring. I was just like, like it, it also made me start thinking, like, man. Maybe I'm I'm kind of starting to get a little tired of Austin a little bit. Like I mean, I, Austin's you know Austin's promos can still be really good and electric, but like it's starting to get into like uh, overexposure territory. Uh-huh. And like you know, the reason why Austin was so interesting early on was because he was coming out of nowhere with this shit, and now it's just like more fucking beer and more you know more six packs and. More construction equipment. How many fucking construction? Well, that's why you know, we, as you know, we are checking in with some a lot of the raws for our deep dive episodes between, um, like the extra attitude that they tack on at the end. It's usually just like Stone Cold stunning six different people, and that's like every single one. And it's like, okay, okay. But also, I, I think there's something to be said about the fact that you know this is a weird story to be putting this character into. Um, I think it makes a lot more sense for the blue collar guy to be fighting with his boss than the blue collar guy to be fighting a demon from hell in order to be able to enter the Royal Rumble. Well, who is the biggest boss of all if not a demon from hell? <laughs> the ultimate boss. Yeah. The final boss, if you will. Final, yeah. Underworld boss. <laughs> but he's a... Uh... My man JC. Jesse Camp from MTV's <laughs> Wannabe of EJ. It is true, that, but Austin, I think, actually did an interview around this time. Like where he said that like he doesn't like the sexual stuff and he doesn't really do any sexual stuff ever and he doesn't like the racist stuff like he literally be like I don't like the racist stuff and the sexual stuff like even back then he was saying it, uh-huh. um, but he does not mind weird demon shit. I don't. Uh, I like the spiritual stuff. <laughs> He's like Satanism, very cool. Um, and honestly, I can get down with that. He's like, yeah, I don't like the misogynist like sexual stuff or the racist stuff. It's like honestly, same. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Um, this, uh, th- yeah, this shit was just, like, not fun, not interesting. So, yeah, so let's just go over the end. Sure. There's an explosion in the grave while Taker is clearly, like, hiding so that the explosion doesn't get him at all. No, he's waiting for uh, somebody to come up or Austin to come back with a... So he can him with a shovel, whatever. Kane comes out of the grave. Uh, then they fight into the grave. And Austin gets somebody to drive in with a backhoe, which, I mean, was did he talk to him before the match? Was the guy we were waiting back there was like, Austin or Taker, whoever's going yeah, to tell me like, to do part this. Part of it was like, need to win the match, you have to, you have to tag the guy in. To you got to put back. a deposit down. you got to pay him for the half of the work up front. Yeah, he and then ran half to, a home, to a Home Depot. Yeah. Um, and then the the backhoe dumps it in, and it's still not enough dirt to make it look good. Well, it filled the the first of of six feet. Um, Stone Cold wins. Sure, we're moving on. Great. He's going to I, okay, so he's going to Rumble. That, yep. Great. He's... Yep. And we're at Royal Rumble season, which, as we all know, that's my favorite time of the wrestling calendar. Sure. Um, there's going to be a lot of great stories coming into this Royal Rumble, and I'm really excited to talk about it. Yeah, I'm excited for the next the, the Rumble that's coming up. It's a it's it's got a lot to discuss. Actually, the Rumble, uh, the '99 Rumble, is the first of these pay per views that I watch live. Wow! Yeah, I'm really really excited to talk oh, about cool. it. But before we get to that. For years, WWE hosted a yearly award show called the Slammy Awards, and we end each episode of Hell in a Cell Phone with our own version of the Slammys in a segment we call For Your Reconsideration. 
Um, all right, I'll go first. I'm gonna give the hmm, what's what's uh. Are you giving us both your slammies or just the one? Or? I'm go, I, I, how long are you here for? I got a list. Uh, I'm gonna give the NBA Jam uh, Best Commentator Award to Michael Cole. Who sounded like he did? I take did, I, did we finally have it? Go on. Who who like in the same way that you know they'll just recycle the same clips oh, of he's yeah. on fire, he's on fire. Um, Michael Cole's favorite was he really telegraphed that one, and it was just over and over telling talking about how everybody telegraphed everything. David Otonga used to sound like a like a announcer on like Madden 2010. <laughs> He's on was, fire. NBA Jam. Hit the pass. Hit the pass. Oh, wait, no. That was Blades of Steel. Never mind. I would like to give the You Go Girl Slammy also to Michael Cole, because he ah. said that at some point in this pay-per-view, <laughs> among other stupid things. My favorite being, while talking about the Buried Alive match, you can't explain this match in words. And it's like, you literally can. It's that all, is your it, job. It's actually all in the title <laughs> of the match. You bury your opponent alive. That's how you win. You can explain it very easily. Can you imagine walking over your own grave? <laughs> can you imagine fighting in your own grave? Um, I was going to give the Stop Trying to Make Fetch Happen award also to Michael Cole. This might be the first episode where someone walks away with uh, with three slammies in one night. This we, is a new way, record. We, we've, never, For... we've never, like, stepped on each other's slammies in a slammy. Like, we always say, like, oh, I'm afraid you guys are going to have it. This is the closest we've ever come. For still pushing the, uh, the Billy Gunn is the best pure athlete in the WWF. But instead, I'm going to give the, I guess that's what the, just what they do award to uh, Briscoe and Patterson, who once again go to get Vince McMahon a cup of coffee. <laughs> I love it. Wow. Almost a clean sweep for Michael Cole there. Disappointing night for him. He yeah. was projected to do better. <laughs> yeah, they gave it to Parasite. <laughs> Love us, disagree, want to awkwardly dump a wheelbarrow of dirt on us? Let us know. Email us at hellinacellphone at gmail.com. Get updates on Facebook or Twitter at Pod, or tweet at us individually. Eric at Prime Silver, Bobby at Bobby Hank, and Aaron at Slow Pass. Our theme song is There Are Traders in Our Mitts by Disco Vietnam, and our art is by Alexis Yavni. Find links for both in our episode notes. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back again with another mini-sode next week. And join us again in two weeks for the 1999 Royal Rumble. All right. Hey. I got my numbers picked. (laughs) 